Welcome back to the Integrateness Podcast with Jason and Jolene. I am Jason. She's Jolene. We're coming at you pseudo live because we're recording in studio now for like a third episode or something. Yeah, I think so. Isn't that great? It's fabulous. It's fun. And Jason's teaching me how to throw my voice, you guys. So hopefully you can all hear me okay. <laughs> yeah, it's just be about projecting the voice, <laughs> which I found funny because like when we recorded the last episode, I had to boost your levels a little bit to even everything out. But I'm like, Jolene's loud. Like she's the last person I expected to have to boost levels for. Yeah, right. And then he said you were really good in the drunk uh, pot in the drunk episode. And I said, because I was drunk and loud. <laughs> <laughs> it all works out. The magic of audio editing. Um, I'm playing around a lot these days with video editing too. So when we do make the jump to YouTube, because we've threatened to do that, not publicly, I just did that. But yeah, I'm learning how to do that crap too. Yeah, you guys will get to see our faces. You'll get to watch how we interact. We'll do funny things. It'll be good. Yeah. But this episode, we're talking nostalgia because so sort of nostalgia is a big thing right now. Uh, I think a lot of people, or not a lot, but many people have become nostalgic for a different era. Maybe it's because what we just lived through. Um, but I know in terms of people I know, because we're all hitting the the half century mark. You start looking back and you kind of start missing your youth, maybe, or just when things seem simpler for you. What do you think? Like, Do you get nostalgic for anything, Jolene? Yeah, I do. I'm actually a big nostalgia person. And it was funny because when Jason first presented this, I started kind of rolling in my mind about it. And I was like, oh, there's pros and cons to nostalgia. So that's kind of what we're going to dive into. But I want um, Jason to first. So I'm a very nostalgic person. And I'll talk about where that actually is a bit of a detriment for me um, or could be for many people. And I want Jason to talk about what he just showed me before we started recording, because I said, what made you think of this topic? And he showed me. So tell tell them about that. Well, yeah, back. Before Christmas, the new trailer for Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny dropped. Um, which, I mean, for those who... Everyone should know who Indiana Jones is. I don't care who you are. But this is like the fifth film in a franchise that started in 1981. I was nine. I was one year to be thought of. <laughs> <laughs> Way to make a guy feel old, Jillian. Um <laughs> But it was like... It was the movie, like, I mean, I love Star Wars and all that, but Indiana Jones was the movie that kind of influenced my whole life. My inf like, I love adventure, I love travel, I have a strong interest in high strangeness and the unknown, which, of course, Indiana Jones always dabbled a bit into this supernatural element. And so it was a character I res that resonated with me. And so I grew up with the franchise and the character. We'll forget the fourth movie because it was crap. But this new one's coming out that's supposed to be kind of, obviously, the last one, because Harrison Ford is fucking 80 years old. <laughs> But like kicking ass at 80 years old, even in the trailer, like riding horses, punching people. But it also has an element of it where it goes back to when the original movies took place. So they've de-aged him. So they're kind of bridging the gap. And so watching that trailer, though, I was suddenly 50-year-old Jay. But because they went back in time and de-aged him, I also sort of felt like nine-year-old mm -hmm. Jason again, seeing it for the first time. And so it was a real powerful feeling that kind of came up within me. One part, like I'm getting older and things are changing, but being connected to my youth. So that really prompt, that was the big thing that prompted it. And the other bit is on Netflix recently, uh, there's a sequel series called That 90s Show, which I remember that 70s show came out in the 90s. And now it's like, those characters have grown up, they've got kids and it's their kids getting to know each other. And of course it's got like the Red and I think Donna who were, Deborah who were like the, the mom of the main character and they're there and they're old. And it's even watching that show is kind of making this weird, generational connection they've even taken remember the old theme song yeah 
that was very much like, you know, groovy 70s hanging out. They've updated it to like a grunge sort of sound for the opening wow. credits. And it's like, holy crap. Like, it's like my youth and 20s has come back in a big way. And it's an interesting sensation to kind of sit with right now. Yeah. Okay. So this got everybody time traveling a little bit, didn't it? Just like the mention of those things. So that feeling that came up when some of those uh, shows and those eras were brought up, just notice that feeling within you. This is really uh, predominant in a lot of like inner child healing work. And we connect with inner child and childhood memories when we're doing a lot of like counseling or healing work. Um, But in general, you know, when I think of nostalgia and how it's impacted my life, It significantly um, came into my life a few years ago when I was planning our 20th uh, reunion for high school. And I go back, like I was valedictorian back then, and um, connecting with that version of myself and reconnecting with people from my grad class that, you know, social media allows us to be able to do, uh, you know, stay in touch and stuff. But there were some I hadn't talked to in forever because they aren't on social media. And I remember a few conversations with people and they reminded me of the version of myself back then that maybe I had lost sight of for a little while or that I wasn't as connected to. And I remember sitting there and I frequently would go through my old photos as well and just sit there and reminisce about old friendships and memories. And I'm one of those classic people that will like retell the old memories, right? Because I just think there's so much joy in all of that. And I remember like connecting with that 20-year-old version of myself a few years ago, especially when I started kind of like ramping up my healing journey in the last few years. And man, it was so freeing. And it was like another piece of coming back to myself because there were pieces of me that were left behind there that I did want to bring forward that had gotten forgotten. So that's kind of that nostalgia piece that was so impactful for me. Where that gets detrimental is like if we get stuck in the past, if we get stuck in past relationships, past versions of ourselves, if we don't allow ourselves to evolve with time. So I allowed myself to evolve and go back and reclaim parts of me that, um, you know, I didn't get to bring forward that I wanted to, right? And maybe those were fearless parts. Those were confident parts. Those were parts that were more, I was way more kind of connected in different ways back then and had lost sight of that through the last, you know, 20 some years. But it's uh, it's very interesting. You know, I think when I think of like the unhealthy version of us getting stuck in the past, I think of one of my favorite movies. So when Jason's talking about favorite movies, I have some of my favorite shows, too. So Napoleon Dynamite was one of mine. (laughs) And I just think of Uncle Rico like he could not get over his football days. Right. Like he was stuck in that and his identity was totally (laughs) defined by that. And when that didn't progress forward, he didn't progress forward. Right. I I God, I love that movie. <laughs> Me too. Are you Pedro's cousins with the sweet hookups? <laughs> oh my God. I could quote that movie. That and Austin Powers, the trilogy there. Those movies are classic one-liners for me. Those those actually go back to that grade 12 like high school year for me as well. So those are funny ones that bring back a ton of memories. But I want you guys to all think about that, right? Like, you know, one of the funniest things when when I planned our 10-year reunion is like people can go and they can become lawyers. And I mean, here's me as a counselor, but you guys saw me in the drunk podcast episode, right? Like I easily can resort to a previous version of myself or whatever that be. Actually, one of my high school friends just last week sent me this hilarious video clip and was like, hey, Jolene, I thought you'd appreciate this. And it was this, <laughs> this kid like chugging a soda pop or something. And it was like, try not to burn. <laughs> 
like try not to burp and he like burped so hard he fell into the garage door or something and then like the camera fell over it was this whole ordeal but that right is a very nostalgic piece if anybody remembers my belches in that episode <laughs> but that friend remembered from high school and like sent that to me isn't that hilarious that's that shows something that left that impression <laughs> obviously <laughs> It was like something I was very well known for, for sure. (laughs) But go back and kind of think of some of these things, you know, when we go and hang out with groups of people from periods of our life, we can easily get slingshot back there. So you can be the lawyer. But the minute I put you with your friends that you were 17 with, you are going to be so immature. You might be shotgunning a beer and imitating, you know, whatever it is that you used to do back then. And it's really easy to slingshot yourself back there because associations often treat us the way they remembered us to be. And that's why like it's really hard when people don't allow you to evolve and treat you as the evolved version of you um, when we're doing some of our healing work. But it can also inspire these previous versions of us that like time travel us back to these times, like you to a nine-year-old while you're watching this Indiana Jones thing. Or, you know, you can put um, people in, you know, go join your old sports team and suddenly you guys are acting like idiots in the way that maybe you did back then, right? And we kind of compartmentalize our identity and our memories based on some of those associations and who we were in those groups, right? It happens in family, right? If you get together with a bunch of cousins or something, maybe you were the youngest cousin and you were the one that kind of took on a certain role and the cousins all treated you a certain way. But in your home and professional life, you're like top dog, right? Well, you were even mentioning because you've got, you know, your mom, staying with you right now and you're, you're there's a part where you're like you were talking about the dynamic like you've got your own kids so you're being a mom but then your mom's there and suddenly you'd be going to daughter mode yeah right it's i think it's a natural we fit into those patterns without even realizing we've slipped into that especially when you're dealing like with parents and other relatives except or even friends that you've known for 35 years totally and we were talking about how we might make that an episode all in itself <laughs> Yeah, that'll be interesting. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Intergenerational dynamics, family dynamics of those things. But you know, it's funny because like what kinds of things are nostalgic for you? Is it so for me, photos are always a big one. I like have hard copy photos from all my earlier years. I was always like the keeper of the photos. I'm the idiot that makes everybody get together for some kind of group photo that everyone thanks me at because the only time we pull them out now is at a funeral, it seems like. But essentially, you know, photos are one. Um... Music is a big one for me. Music, I definitely can locate with the versions of myself based on the genre and the era that that music came out in. That is like a second second language to me for sure. Um, What other different things? Locations, I think, right? If you have certain places, you're always vacationing or certain things, you know, like if you were a hockey player, maybe it was the arena. I was a dancer. So the studio, things like that. What is nostalgic to you? Is it is it something that represents your generation? Right. So, um, you know, I always see those hilarious things. reels that come out and it's like you know you're a 90s kid if right and you're like yes that and that and that or whatever it be right i think um i think eras become a big thing because i was sort of coming of age through mostly through the 80s so for me like my buddy carl and i like he's um he's someone who looks back and like his childhood up to like his 20s was the best time of his life so he's very nostalgic like he collects all the old toys that we had and when I kind of hang out at his place at night, we'll watch like TV intros from 1982. And suddenly, it, like, you know, you're just watching it like, never heard of that show, never heard of that show. And then something comes on 
that you haven't thought about in 35 years, like this old firefighting show called Code Red. And I was like, holy fuck, Code Red, Sunday night, 7 o'clock. <laughs> and you know what I mean? But it was like, I hadn't yeah. thought of that show since like 1982. Wow. <laughs> yeah, totally. And, and you go, you get slingshot right back there. And you remember when it was on, oh, what channel, right? I remember being the kid sitting there oh, and then the God. show coming on after that I wasn't allowed to watch because it was like a grown-up show, yeah. right? And I was just kind of like, it was, it was, suddenly it's like, man, I miss that like eight-year-old. version of me sometimes yeah and it's interesting i mean i'm not slamming carl by any means because i don't know the man but (laughs) when when like do you see him or other people kind of get stuck in some of that nostalgia as well and that's kind of that piece where it's like where is it a propeller forward where is it that we go back and review like you know old connections or old situations we've been in where we go back and remember like the good times are we remembering the good times and moving forward with what they were to teach us and offer us or are we like stuck there i think like for carl i think he's definitely because it was the best time of his life. And yeah. I mean, like, he nearly died like, you know, 10 years ago and he got divorced right after that. And he had to raise his four kids by himself. So I think for him, it was the best part of life. I think we have a tendency to stick with the part of life we enjoyed the most. For me, it's been the last 10 years. So, I mean, I could get into a whole bunch of stuff of why my childhood might not be something I'm nostalgic for. But it's those little moments yes. that are nice to reflect back on from the good times from that point. Whereas for Carl, it was that whole period of life and I think he is very much still back there now yeah and that's where like I think it becomes an individual process do we um like how much does it hold you back from moving forward from evolving um does it interfere with your daily functioning does it interfere with you being able to create new experiences new relationships any of those sorts of things so really kind of ask yourself and especially with connections you know we've talked a lot about connection in the last few episodes and we can get so attached to connections and when we talked about you know are you willing to let connections come and go as they are kind of aligned with you or not and sometimes we have a hard time letting go of old connections Connections or old connections resurfaced. You know how much this comes up in counseling? And I'll tell you, during Mercury retrograde, that shit is off the charts. <laughs> we have old connections coming back. And a lot of what the healing for that is, is it's triggering and bringing up a previous version of ourselves that maybe needs some extra attention and healing often is the case. And there's a part of us that may be attached in an unhealthy way or connected with that individual in a certain way that is impacting relationships moving forward, whether that be, again, romantic, work, family, whatever types of connections we have. But usually it's recalling that previous version of ourselves to do a little bit more self-reflection and access that. So for me, it was like a, you know, 17-year-old version of myself when I got time traveled back to my high school days, right? And it had, there were some really beneficial parts of like, oh, right, what happened to that part of her? I want that to come forward with me on this journey because she got, she got hidden back there she got left back there somehow Um, and that was really beautiful to have some other people kind of point that out like these were my favorite qualities about you and some people close in my life at that time those were their least favorite qualities about me and I was like that's why I hid all of this right Um, so then you look at that but then you can also look at ooh, okay this connection came back into my life to remind me of some of these things right Um, what were some of my patterns here what were some of the maybe belief systems here what were some of the connections and and what I can kind of evolve myself from that way if that makes sense it does so it's interesting when these these moments occur like yeah what what does it you what are you reminded of what were those parts of you that were important and I know kind of when I watch 
like see that trailer it's kind of like when i was young i had more of that sense i mean given my career and things that went on a lot of my innocence and shit was beating the fuck out of me and it's gone i'm very cynical jaded but like if you can kind of capture a little bit of that childhood wonder of like it's this great adventure on a big screen but like that feeling carried on for the rest of my life yeah so get a bit of that back and sometimes we get that when we have kids of our own sometimes you need something to remind you of that and it's a feeling that's the thing nostalgia is rarely a thought in itself it's a feeling and that's like the common thing you and I have both talked about here is like there's a feeling that comes up and whether it's the feeling of being that excited nine-year-old like there is something that happens within us that's so activating and I think that's the beautiful part that we all really connect with and that's also like our nervous system jacking up and doing some things that makes it such a more relevant experience right yeah feeling is powerful like it's and I think we don't trust feelings enough right yeah and i think people get feelings and emotions kind of confused they are different like i equate feelings as more of like an instinctual thing like a like a, a intuitive a kind of thing. intuitive thing and emotions are like well it's it's a it's different response to a, a situation response. and the emotions are supposed to be a guide mm. that's it and i know people who get caught up and they let their emotions rule their life we think we talked about this before let the emotions rule their their lives but it should be more of just a guide to how maybe you should respond Whereas that feeling is something that is, yeah, an instinctive things that kind of, if you kind of trust that, you will know how to react at those moments. Yeah. And if we really want to take this a little deeper for the people that kind of speak this language in our uh, listener audience here, but like there are things that our soul recognizes. And I think along our journey of life, there are certain markers and little kind of um, like roadmap markers and like uh, little check stops along the way. And sometimes nostalgia will reactivate that like that that little mark on your soul's path, right? Or individuals that were meant to be, um, you know, I think we have various different versions of soulmates throughout a lifetime, whether it's in people form, animal form, whatever that looks like as, as teachers, right? And people, I see them as like uh, the water station on a marathon. They're the ones that are like cheering you on, giving you a cup of water, saying you're still on the right path, keep going, right? Mm-hmm. And we have so many of these connections in our life that come up at different times. Sometimes we get slingshot back to a previous one so that we can get back on track, right? So sometimes nostalgia is a really good uh, navigator. It's a redirector, right? And and it's some of that feeling is like soul activation that comes up for us. Yeah, and and it's funny because those moments, as long as you're not sort of living in that nostalgia bit, will come up. I think at moments when you need them, but you're not necessarily aware that you need them. Yeah, and you know, it's one of those things like where where do we find our balance? So when I'm thinking about people who may have gotten stuck in some of that nostalgia or going back and living in periods of their lives that maybe they um, either really loved or lacked, right? So I think of Michael Jackson, right? And I mean, we were all so curious around like why he wants to be in this childlike world too, right? And I'm, I know there's a whole other side of that that we won't get into, but we do know his childhood was stolen through fame and fortune and and being a performer, right? Like I look at my five-year-old and I could not imagine them being on tour, memorizing and dancing on stage all day long and missing out on just being a kid. Five years old, you know? It's crazy. I I mean, it's the same with like the hockey dad. Yeah. That wants their kid to be the next Wayne Gretzky. So they're out at 5 a.m. Like not just playing the sport for fun, but I mean, they're being driven towards being an NHL star. Yeah. 
which is sad. My cousin so, had that happen. Yeah. Yeah. So looking at all those pieces of the ones that really are like stuck because there was a lack or a longing for that wasn't there. And it's like giving it to yourself later. That's like extreme inner child healing at that point. Um, but I mean, if you got the money for the roller coasters, then giddy up. <laughs> but, you know, I think of a colleague that I had um, who is now on the spirit side of, of our uh, our world. But she was this beautiful woman who had experienced so much trauma in her life. Um, she lost a couple of kids in a car accident. And um, also, you know, the the living family members, uh, you know, the marriage fell apart. And one of the kids was, you know, injured for the rest of his life, essentially needing care. And then another one was uh, damaged psychologically and, you know, addiction and things like that come hand in hand with that. So her life was so tragic in many ways. And she was the most delightful woman ever. And she was a caretaker. She worked in the mental health and addictions field. And her commitment to herself, where she lost herself and found joy was in Disney. So she actually would work extra and save up money so she could take Disneyland trips very frequently. And she had all her little Disney memorabilia around. And I'm sure some of that was linked to her kids. But it was also because it was just truly the happiest place on earth. And she, I don't know, I don't remember if she had childhood memories of that place. But I know that it was such a significant, peaceful, joyful feeling for her that like that is what she anchored into right so that's like a beautiful like the healing aspect of nostalgia for her right oh yeah and i, I that's beautiful i mean it was yeah that is that really is yeah no and she was a she was a very neat lady and when you came to appreciate her story you understood why that was so meaningful for her so for our listeners have a think about like nostalgia and this can come in the sense of like belongings what kind of things do we hang on to like when we talked about that decluttering episode and making space right like are you one of those people that has a really hard time getting rid of sentimental items like which where's your cutoff line where's the point where you're able to let some things go and what are the ones you like have to hold on to you know what is that nostalgia like for you yeah my mom uh, my adopted mom, when we, when she passed away and we were trying to clean out the, her basement, it was like, holy shit. Like she held on to everything. Right. It, yeah. was, it was kind of one point amazing and one point sad Yeah. at the same time. She held on a lot of, to of my stuff too, that I eventually just got rid of because it, it hadn't, I hadn't seen it in 30 years. It had no meaning anymore, but that's, it's an interesting thing. Whereas now I know personally, I don't really hold on to much um, because I get my nostalgia like through music. And film, film and television, those bring back a lot of memories for me. Like when they did the new Ghostbusters movie that came out, where they was like the grandkids, <laughs> yeah. and then at the very end when Bill Murray and everyone showed up, it's like, oh yeah, I'm back in, you know, 12 again yeah. and watching this. And that's kind of where I get those moments from. And I think like for generations to come, so much more is digital now. So you don't have to hold on to the cassette tape or the CDs. Like we used to have the CDs. I really miss going through the album covers and looking at the pictures and the lyrics. Oh, right? yeah, they were, they were like, I do. I do miss that. Yeah. I don't miss the CD towers and all the bullshit you had to keep. <laughs> like, I like that. It's all just on my phone. I don't miss having to, like, juggle in the car and, like, switch your CDs out unless you scored, like, a six disc, disc changer in your car. Right. Yeah, like, awesome, man, fuck, car. that's yeah. nostalgia, guys. Like, that's not even that long ago. <laughs> um, so thinking about some of those things, right, is like generationally what looks like nostalgia now is like different, uh, like item wise. You know, I love antiques. I love of 
antique furniture, antique belongings. But, you know, like there's time and place for that stuff now. Like there's so many antique stores that are filled with stuff. Like there's a couple in town that like are bizarrely filled with things that I'm just like, do you know which ones I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah. So like, like so much stuff, right? So there's a fine line between some of that. But I think about some of the most... Um, key things that I've like held on to from loved ones, especially who have passed, right? So like, I remember, I, I think I still have this pair of cowboy boots of my dad's, which is funny because he wasn't a cowboy, but there was something about like when he dressed up, he wore these boots. And I think that was more my mom's thing. And that's why I haven't gotten rid of them because they were more meaningful to her than me. So I don't know why they're in my closet downstairs. Mom, mom, you can take those. Um, that, that's the room she's sleeping in right now, actually. Go get dad's cowboy boots. <laughs> um, but, you know, there's like a few select things. His tools, actually, his tools for sure are the things that I, uh, my sister and I split up. Um, when I think about grandparents, I remember there was like, okay, well, what do we want to do with this stuff? And I just remember like saying, you know, I just want... I want grandma's candy dish. And this is, uh, you guys, I love candy. We know this, right? So she had like this, this orange blown glass, you know, the style, the blown glass. And it was this like amazing dish that's all like cracked around the outside. Because if you don't put the lid on properly, it like kind of shatters the glass. So this thing always had stale peanut brittle in it when we would go there. And I fucking love this candy dish. So I took that. I was like, I just want the candy dish. And then actually my cousin gave me her whole set of silverware because that was like, I used to help set the table. Um, so the silverware was kind of something that was really meaningful. I actually thought that cousin for sure would have taken it, but she ended up giving it to me. So those are things that are like nostalgic items that are related to like rituals and memories. And, you know, they take me right back. Like I can think about being at my grandparents' place in Westwold and it smells like, um, ham on the bone cooking. And that smell was like cooked into the wooden walls of that like cabin home kind of thing, right? With the wood fireplace too. Oh, that yeah. is like that is a smell that I can taste right now as I talk about it. And I love uh, wood smoke because mm. um, when I was a kid, the place we had out at the shoe shop was heated with an old wood stove, mm. and it would um, that you had to heat it that way. So you'd start like my dad would get up before everyone else and get the fire going and then go back to bed, and I can still remember the sound. When it would heat up, it'd be that tick, 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 that metal yep. heating up. So we've got a wood burning stove downstairs. And I remember the first time I lit it up and then suddenly I could hear this tick, 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 tick. And I was just like, yep. I'm home. I'm home. I've come yeah. right home. That's why I love a wood fire. Totally. Yeah. So really think about some of those things. You know, I can think about some family trips that my family had taken. And like when my mind travels back to some of those places, like that's though that's powerful nostalgia. And that's not nostalgia that like holds me back. Right. I can think of the nostalgia that holds me back. And that's like thinking about really good previous connections that are no longer. And a lot of people will talk about this like, oh, that was the one who got away, you know, and they like question things or they go back and revisit some stuff. So think about some of those things in your life, you know. Um, I remember like in my workplace, this used to come up a lot. So there was me and a bunch of colleagues and they were, um, (laughs) we had a lot of funny stories, but like we were notorious for retelling the same fucking stories every time somebody new came in. Kirk, Bart, you guys know, like there was a whole group of us and it was just like, oh good, we have a new audience. Here's this one funny time that this happened, right? Like anyone who listened to the Christmas episode, you remember the one where my colleague made me laugh really hard about like just so inappropriate in this training session. That was a story that would get told all the time. Like so funny. Uh, And those were like pieces where now I look in that workplace is very different. And I was like, man, we were just like reliving the glory days because it just kept changing. 
and we were like, we don't like this change. We want to go back. <laughs> it, and that happens a lot in any institution, mm-hmm. right? Like I remember when I first went into employment counseling, I came in at the tail end of one contract and the start of another. And all I heard for the first year I was there is how good the old contract yes. was and how the new one sucked. And I'm just kind of like, I oh, don't, this seems okay to me. To- right? That's totally what it was. And we were like, they were all like the old timers there too. And I mean, I had been there for like 13 years and then everything really started to shift and change when I was kind of on my last couple of years out. But I remember the lunchroom chats. There was like, it was, what do they call that? Like the, 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 the old gentleman's club or the old man's club or something. Yeah, the like, gentleman's club. The gentleman's yeah. club. It's kind of like that idea, right? I see these little coffee groups of guys all the time that meet up and go through the old glory days, right? Well, they cycle through Brock. Every morning, it seems, if you go to Motivo by like 9, 30, 10 o'clock in the yep. morning, they're all there. They'll <laughs> be cycled there in the That's morning, That's awesome. Right? Yeah. yeah, so just think about that, right? Um, and I think, you know, it's really about gauging. Is it helpful nostalgia? Is it harmful nostalgia? What purpose does it serve? And like, how does it activate me? I think I'm most curious about the activation of it, you know? Yeah, how, how does it make you feel? Yeah. I think, and if it makes you feel sad... Why would it make you feel sad? Yeah. Is it something that maybe you're missing from that time or it was just like not a good time for you? Um, or do you feel like kind of invigorated by it or like a childlike again? Yeah. Or are you one of those people that literally never looks back? So I talked with somebody um, a few years ago and I remember kind of like um, like reminiscing about something. And they're like, yeah, I don't I try not to. It was someone who had gotten a hold of like their old yearbook. And they were like, yeah, I try not to look back. I don't look back at anything like I nostalgia almost doesn't exist for me. Like total forward thinker, right? And I was like, whoa, that has rare. They got to be rare. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know. I don't know how that, how that serves their life or what that, um, whether that's like a trauma response of I sounds like it to me, right? Like everyone at some point looks back, and I think the older you get, the more you do because Mm -hmm. your days are numbered. (laughs) Really, right? Yeah. So you kind of start to remember stuff, but to never look back, I couldn't even fathom. There's yeah. A, there's periods of life. It's funny. I try never to think about my time at the paper anymore. And like the last three weeks, almost every second night, guess what I'm dreaming about? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so you can't stop it. My subconscious is like, no, you're not done with that shit yet. Like Totally. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And you know, for this individual, I wouldn't be surprised if you were to look, you know, they were probably a little bit higher on like the autism spectrum in in terms of the way their brain operated, um, kind of less uh, neurotypical, right? So that's, that's kind of that's kind of interesting, too, in terms of just like staying focused on the forward and not having uh, sentimental, emotional connection to things in the past. So that was a, a curious piece that I was like, maybe that's an element that's that's to play here. But yeah, it's fascinating to me when people explain sort of their their reasoning. And uh, I think that person also appreciated a lot of like stoicism and stuff. Which is, I love, I follow yeah. the stoic yeah. philosophy too. And it's more just about though regulating your emotions, yeah. not letting them rule you. Right? <laughs> Without <laughs> being like cold as fuck. Yeah, you're, you're not cold <laughs> as fuck. You're supposed to still feel things deeply. You just don't like, to go off the handle and push your computer off a desk. Totally. It's like, I'm mad. I'm just going to go for a walk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there we go. I'm sure that you guys are feeling a little nostalgic now. Uh, we will interact on social media and get to know what throws you back into uh, the old memory bank. Yeah, we'd be curious. Leave a comment. We'll respond. Usually we Usually do. Usually we, <laughs> we, we do. Can, right? We do. We do. We <laughs> do. Might take us three days because Jay doesn't always... Go on to the app. 
I'm pretty. I'm pretty responsive, guys. That's why you're in charge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we'll be back again next week with a whole new topic for your ear holes. Until then, I'm Jason. I'm Jolene. Talk to you soon. <laughs>